0: You are listening to the Well and Simple podcast with your host, Marissa Zabo. Hello, and welcome back to the Well and Simple podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Zabo, and this week I have a confession. <laughs> to make to you. So I always have these episodes scheduled to go live on first thing on Monday mornings, thinking that a week is plenty of time for me to record a new episode. And worst case scenario, I have a weekend to make up for it if not. Um, So here I am. I've been up since six o'clock. It is Sunday morning. I am still in my bathrobe <laughs> and I'm still having my morning cup of coffee um, because I had no idea what to talk about this week for this podcast. Um, it's just been a very, very crazy week uh, heading into the holiday week here, just trying to cram all of my webinars and all of my one-to-one clients in, um, I did that, <laughs> but unfortunately When it came to thinking of what I should talk about in this episode, my brain was like, nah, girl, you're tapped. That's it. Um, So here I am at the last minute, guzzling coffee uh, at my desk. My six-month-old puppy is looking at me like, the hell, mom. This is our pre-scheduled snuggle time on the couch. Why aren't you sitting here with me? And I'm like, well, it's because you snore. Um, So luckily, social media exists. And in that there is, gosh, there is endless fodder (laughs) for um, bullshit diet industry uh, stuff I could talk about. Um, And so for this episode, I really, um, I got my inspiration from social media, but then also keeping in mind that we have a major holiday coming up here in the U.S. on Thursday. It's Thanksgiving on Thursday. Um, And I think this is one of two times of the year where we see the diet industry getting particularly horrid, um, particularly insidious, particularly harmful. Um, The other time being like late winter, early spring, where all of the diet ads are like, Your life is going to be unbearable if you do not have a bikini body by the end of June, right? That's the other time of year where we see the diet industry just really outdo themselves in terms of being toxic. Um, But this time of year is definitely rife with its own issues. And so um, in this episode, I am going to be talking about what we see and hear from diet culture, the diet industry, Specifically around the holidays, that is so toxic, so disordered, so unhealthy, and so fat phobic, um, and how we can start flipping the script on that for our own well being and also to kind of help other people out as well. So With that being said, let's get right into this. I'm going to start talking about some of the things that um, I'm sure are going to sound very familiar to everybody, Um, common tropes, common um, cliches that we hear, and um, why they suck. So let's get into this. So the first common thing that we hear this time of year that I want to talk about is you know, we've got Thanksgiving coming up. It is a holiday that is built around food. And one thing that I hear way too much still, I mean, I don't know how many years (laughs) running, but you know, I think people call it out every single year and that is earn your holiday food, right? And it's always used in the context of exercise really, really, really hard, to earn your dessert or earn your turkey or, you know, make sure that you're really sticking to your limited calorie diet leading up to that holiday. So you are earning your food and, oh God, when I hear other fitness instructors or other so-called nutrition professionals say this to people, like, first I want to kick them in the shins, first and foremost. Secondly, I want to just walk up to them and say, you know something, you clearly don't actually care about the well-being of your clients because if you did, you would not say that. And I'm going to explain to you why my reasoning is for that. So literally earn your food. Let's just think about earning your food. What a fucked up concept that is, right? Because what, what are the implications? Of saying something like that right the implications are that if you are not either thin or actively trying to be thin by exercising extremely hard or not eating a certain way that's the only time that you have earned your food that's the only time that you are deserving of eating the foods that you want on the holidays right that is the implication Of saying earn your food in the context of the fitness industry, the diet industry. And so the flip side of that is that anybody who does not conform to those criteria, anybody who is in a larger body, anybody who maybe doesn't like to hit the gym, anybody who isn't on a 1,200 calorie a day diet, they don't deserve to eat those holiday foods. Right, that is exactly what that the line of reasoning is with this concept of earning your food, and that is what makes it so incredibly toxic and so incredibly harmful. Right, because all it is, it is just reinforcing this horrible, horrible fat phobia that we already have in this country. Right, um, I was recently reading. I forget what I was reading, but they said, we don't have an obesity epidemic in this country. We have a fat phobia epidemic in this country. And that is really what this is. It is acting like those who live their lives in larger bodies are less than. And our sole purpose for being here is to continuously push ourselves to live in smaller bodies, to shrink our bodies, right? And the way this is harmful is, you know, one, and encourages that line of thought and encourages our you know both subconscious and also conscious bias against fat people against large people it also pushes us to have unhealthy relationships with our own bodies right we're constantly striving to change our bodies to to fit into this this schematic where we are deserving of our food choices right and it also you know worst case scenario i guess maybe i don't know how you would classify you know i don't i think they're all they all just suck all of these scenarios but it can also it leads us to really unhealthy disordered behaviors right this is where we start seeing people doing things like starving themselves leading up to the holidays this is where we see people over exercising and getting themselves hurt either before or after the holiday. This is where we see people not enjoying their holiday food because they're constantly trying to do the calorie math or the carb math in their heads. And they're trying to figure out different trade-offs throughout the, the holiday meal, right? Or maybe they're hiding what they're eating from the other people that they are sharing their holiday dinners with out of shame. Because of this this concept that we have embraced as a society, because of the diet industry, because of this fat phobic culture, right? That is where we end up with problems like disordered eating, with unhealthy body image, negative body image, with unhealthy relationships with food, with full-out eating disorders, right? This is where we end up with people who absolutely have internalized this This fat phobia, this hatred of themselves, this hatred of others, whether implicit or explicit, and we end up hurting ourselves. And then we also project it onto others and end up hurting other people as well. So the first thing that I I would love to see 86 for fucking ever is hearing people say, earn your holiday dinner. Here's the the goddamn truth. All right. (laughs) you don't have to earn your food. There's no such thing as earning food, right? Food is not this reward in a meritocracy, okay? You don't have to earn your right to eat the foods you want to eat. You have the right to do that. And no amount of exercise makes you more or less entitled to eat. No amount of dieting, calorie counting, balancing your macros makes you more entitled to eat the way you want to than anybody else. Okay. Eat the foods you want to eat. This holiday season. Literally, I want you, if this is something that you struggle with, I want you to write yourself a letter and explicitly give yourself permission to eat the foods that you want to eat for Thanksgiving dinner, for whatever holiday dinner is coming up for you. Literally, write Dear Marissa, you have my unbridled permission to eat whatever the hell you want to eat this holiday season signed Marissa. Okay. Literally, I want you to explicitly give yourself permission to do that and watch and wait and see how liberating that is. Right. Because the whole point in holidays is not for us to be counting calories and to be miserable and missing out on, you know, the experience. The whole point is this togetherness, this enjoying what we have, right. This is supposed to be a celebration of bounty or whatever the hell bullshit it's supposed to be. But If you're focusing on how much you should or shouldn't eat, you're missing the point and you're going to be missing out on the experience. And I just want to let everybody who's listening to this know that you deserve to eat the food you want to eat. So have at it, go for it, enjoy it first and foremost, enjoy it. While we're on this topic of things that fitness and nutrition professionals shouldn't say, um, I I got this email. This was it this week or last week. Who cares when it was? It's irrelevant when it was. But leading up to the holiday season, um, I got an email from this um, online fitness uh, instructor advertising this new like thirty day program that she was running basically just to encourage, you know, more physical activity during the holiday season. And um, you know, this is a difficult time of year, right? People are really busy, people are strapped for cash, people are really stressed out, and exercise typically falls by the wayside for a lot of people. And so if you want to come up with some type of like challenge or program just to help give people some more motivation to stick with their goals, like that's one thing. Um, but When you advertise that program with the heading Beat the Bulge, suddenly your intentions went from helpful to um, harmful, honestly, Um, just to, to be blunt, right? So, can we please stop acting like gaining weight is the Most horrible, horrific, least desired outcome on the planet. Please, can we stop acting like it is this this outcome to be avoided at any and all costs? Right? Like this. This is just ridiculous. I mean, we need to stop acting like gaining weight is the end all, be all because it's not. Okay. and to continue to act as though it is just continues to perpetuate this cycle of fat phobia that we, that we exist in. We all exist within this cycle. Um, and so again, if you are a fitness instructor or a nutrition professional or whatever, um, stop saying things like this, stop saying, beat the bulge, stop, you know stop saying things like work off your turkey like this first of all our bodies don't work like that and if you are actually a fitness or nutrition professional you know that <laughs> number 1 but number 2 like just think about you know it's cute when you want to catch on you want to use this like cute catchphrase right it's it's attention grabbing it sometimes they rhyme sometimes um you know they what's it called i forget what it's called when you start all the words with the same consonant Alliteration. Um, You know, it's cute if they're alliterative. um, But before you use that phraseology, think about, for the love of God, think about what the implications are of using that. Consider the ramifications for the people who are on the receiving end of that messaging from you, right? Consider, first of all, what it says about you as somebody who is putting that out there, right? It's a reflection on you and your ideology and your values. Number one, number two, how is that going to translate for somebody who is struggling right now with, with negative body image or, feeling like they have to lose weight in order to be appreciated in order to be lovable right because that's the messaging that all of this adds up to is in order for you to be desirable you cannot have a larger body right so before you start grabbing onto these catchphrases and throwing them out there for marketing purposes i really 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 am like begging you beseeching you please consider really what you are saying when you're putting those things out there and what it actually means in practice, in reality, to the very real people you are mailing to. I know in this day and age with social media, email marketing, it's easy to forget that there is an actual real person on the receiving end of whatever content you're putting out there. And I think as anybody who is a professional or who is a business owner in this, this realm, it is your responsibility to take a step back and remind yourself of that regularly, right? It's very easy to feel like you're operating in a vacuum, especially now where Given this pandemic situation, we're not getting out and interacting with people the way that we used to be able to do. So remind yourself, before you click submit, before you click send, before you click post, there are real people on the receiving end of whatever language you are putting out there. And it does not matter what your intent is. Okay? And I cannot underscore this enough. This is such a, um, a bullshit out That so many people use when they say something or do something that ends up being harmful. Oh, well, I didn't mean it to be. Doesn't matter what you meant it to be if the outcome is harmful to somebody, right? You don't get a free pass because that wasn't your intention. What your responsibility is in situations like that is to learn from that situation, recognize that even though you didn't intend to, you did harm, and do better, right? Once you know better, to quote my my good friend Amanda, Amanda, if you're listening, to quote Amanda Getty, once you know better, do better. Okay, that's really, you know, if you are a fitness professional, a nutrition professional, listening to this. Um, that's what I want you to take away from this. If you are somebody who is not a fitness or nutrition professional who's listening to this, if you are just you know listening to this because you want some some tips on on how to how to be a more astute consumer or whatever, um, for you, I want to tell you that when you receive messaging like this, make sure that you are couching it in. An understanding of the, what's the word I'm looking for? An understanding of of the 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 circumstances that that kind of language is occurring in. Right. Thinking about the context of that language and recognizing that that isn't something that you have to internalize and that it's not necessarily coming from a place of goodwill. Um, it might not necessarily be coming from a place of ill will, but ultimately, what it originated from was. This really horrible, insidious, fatphobic culture that we live in, and so anything that you see within that context really needs to be weighed um, in that in within that lens. So those are a couple examples of the problematic language that we see. This time of year, just a couple examples. Um, Let's talk a little bit about some of the actual actions that I see happening this time of year and why they're concerning to me, both as a nutrition professional and as a a fitness instructor. Um, And the first thing that comes to mind on this topic is when I see people, and I mentioned this earlier in the episode, when I see people actively trying not to eat, leading up to whether it's a holiday dinner, a holiday party, probably not this year. You're not supposed to be having holiday parties this year. Um, but you know, leading up to whatever type of holiday cuisine, just trying not to eat for the whole day leading up to that. And there are two things that are problematic with this. One is that um, that's just not how our bodies work, so that's not effective. But two, this is really disordered and really harmful as well. So here's why this doesn't work, okay? Just by not eating, you're not like creating this like excess void somewhere in your body where those extra calories from the gravy can go, okay? You're not like making extra space in any way, shape, or form by doing this. Um, and actually, what's probably going to happen is the opposite of what you want to happen. Because if you spend all day not eating, when the time actually comes around to be able to enjoy all these delicious holiday foods, you're going to be famished, and you're probably going to eat way more than you would have otherwise. So you're kind of like shot yourself in the foot with this strategy, anyway, right? You ended up doing the opposite of what you had hoped had happened. Um, So that's why it doesn't work in practice. Um, On top of that, if you haven't been eating all day, you're probably going to be the grumpiest grump that ever grumped by the time you actually get around to mealtime and nobody's going to want to interact with you. So like, don't do that shit. Um, But Yeah. So that's, that's the first thing, right? And this is also problematic behavior because it is, it's very, very disordered, right? When you start trying to compensate for certain food choices by simply not eating, this isn't healthy behavior. This is not a healthy balanced relationship with food or with your body, right? In a way you are punishing yourself in advance of the food choices that you anticipate making later on. This is really concerning behavior. This is the type of behavior that, and I, I should couch this in, I am not a physician or, or a therapist who specializes in disordered eating, but this is the kind of behavior that can slippery slope over time. If we are doing this regularly, right? And this is typically part of a a pattern, right? We don't just do this on Thanksgiving. It's whenever we have a big meal coming up, um, or if we want to have dessert, right? If it's our birthday and we know we're going to have a slice of cake, we just don't eat leading up to it. Like that's going to compensate. And it's not, that's just not how our bodies work. And even if you plan on having a lot of food later on in the day, your body needs calories before that for energy, Right. You're gonna be feeling sluggish. Maybe you'll have a headache beforehand, right? And your body's getting confused. It's thinking you're starving it. Right. So don't do that. <laughs> the best thing that you can do is just treat it like any other normal day. Have your breakfast and your snacks and your lunch just like you normally would. Right. Um, this is about this is about balance. And what is it like? I mean we only have Thanksgiving once a year so <laughs> it, you know that one day we need to stop acting like that one day is going to like not only push us off the wagon but like flip the wagon over and light it on fire after we fall off of it right we need to stop acting like that because that is not the case um one meal is not going to quote unquote derail anything <clears throat> and you know like i said this is really indicative of some some more unhealthier thoughts that we're having about ourselves. So in terms of unhealthy behaviors that not only we impose on ourselves, but like we didn't just like come up with this idea, right? It came to us from somewhere, right? And that is the diet industry. Hello, diet culture, right? All these new fasting programs that are out there, right? Of course, you're losing weight. You're not eating as much because you're just skipping meals for most of the day. So, excuse me, um, this is all derived from that diet culture, right? Where we, we demonize these meals, right? Like they are going to ruin everything. And then we're hopelessly going to gain weight afterwards unless we can compensate for that food somehow. Right. And this is such a bullshit lie. It's a huge lie. And, um, yeah, if you're listening to this, Um, before the holidays or even after the holidays, you know, bookmark it in your head for next year. Um, That's just not how it works. So please don't try to compensate for your holiday foods either by not eating beforehand or on the tail end of it, not eating, right? Because our bodies don't like work in reverse. (laughs) You're not like retroactively going to be burning those calories. So um, that's the first big behavior that I see that is, is hugely problematic. So the next tactic that I commonly see that I want to talk about is over-exercising to try to compensate for your holiday meal. And I actually, I tried Googling this because the last time I tried explaining this to somebody, I was like, <laughs> we'll just say it wasn't very eloquent about it. Um, so I was trying to find ways to help me phrase it in a more intelligible manner. Um, so it didn't sound like I was drunk. But um, instead, I want to, this is just very indicative of just how fat phobic and diet centric our culture is. So I Googled why over-exercising after a big meal doesn't work. And these are the Google results that I got. Consistent exercise can ward off holiday weight gain. Post-holiday workout, how to get back on track after binging. Will a two-week vacation ruin all your gym progress? Take a break from exercise without losing fitness. Don't quit your routine, your fitness routine during the holidays. Avoid the weight gain. Six reasons to work out during the holidays. Can we just talk about how none of these is actually answering the question I put into the goddamn Google tech uh, question bar, right? <laughs> but this is apparently what the big priority is here, right? So this is like, this is the problem. Okay, I'm trying not to get like super worked up here, but this is the problem, right? This is why so many of us have such dysfunctional relationships with our bodies with food and with exercise it's because of garbage like this so I Don't want anybody like now looking up these headlines that I just read to you from the Google machine. Please don't do that Forget that they ever happened I'm just gonna try to explain this on my own and hope that again. I don't sound like I'm drunk so trying to over exercise the day after your holiday dinner to try to compensate with it. Why is this a problem? Okay. First, that's again, let's say it all together. That's just not how our bodies work, right? It's not like you're getting on that elliptical and you're like, "All right, cool." I am targeting my Thanksgiving dinner right here, right now. And you elliptical and elliptical and elliptical and like slowly this little space in your body that was just Thanksgiving calories starts to dissipate and today's calories can slide into its place. That's not how our bodies work. Number one, you're not like retroactively burning off a meal that's already been digested and processed, okay? And you're definitely not like, taking that reserved space and reserving it for something else. Second of all, just think about what this is doing in terms of how you think about exercise and how you think about food, right? If you are turning to exercise in order to compensate for your prior food choices, you're not exercising because you like it. You're not exercising because it makes you feel good. You're not exercising for your health. You're exercising for punishment. That's what that is, plain and simple. And yeah, it can be a little bit of a shock to hear it put in those words, but that's what it is. You are literally taking it upon yourself to punish yourself with exercise. And the more you do that, the more you're going to associate exercise with punishment. You're not going to enjoy it. It's not going to feel good. It's going to be an act of shame right? How is that healthy? It is not. Spoiler alert, not healthy, right? There is nothing wrong with exercising because of its health benefits. There's nothing wrong with exercising because it makes you feel good. It's when you are exercising because of this obsession with weight loss or weight gain or weight maintenance that things get problematic, right? Because what happens if you exercise and you don't lose weight? Right? What happens if you exercise and you gain weight? So it's really important that we stop making these associations with exercise so that it doesn't become a punishment, so that we're able to find an exercise that feels good to us, right? Because movement is good for us, our bodies were made to move. And so the best kind of exercise for you is the one that you'll do right? Exercise doesn't exist just to burn calories or just to punish ourselves for our food choices. Exercise is great for stress relief, know, we get those endorphins. It's great for working out frustration. And we also have those, you know, physical health benefits from it as well, right? It can make us stronger. It can improve our our cardiac health, um, all kinds of, 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 benefits with exercise. Um, and that should really be, you know, what the focus is there. The best kind of exercise for you Is the one that you'll do. Exercise should be a celebration of your body. You should feel good doing it. Exercise should not feel like a chore or feel like punishment, right? If it does, it's probably not the right exercise for you and you're probably not doing it for the right reasons, right? So stop using exercise as a punishment and stop trying to use exercise to undo something that you already consumed because, again, that's not how our bodies work. And not only is this harmful, you know, on the psychological level, like our mental emotional level, but it's also a really good chance. You're going to friggin' hurt yourself if you're doing this regularly, right? You know, if you're somebody who's used to just doing like a mile on the elliptical and then you're like, Oh God, I had so much gravy yesterday. I'm going to do, you know, four miles on the elliptical, it's a really good chance you're going to end up limping out of that gym and then you're going to be down for the count. And then the ramifications of that are you start feeling guilty. You start hating the fact that you're not hitting the gym. You start wondering about what damage it's doing because you're not hitting the gym, right? All of these really, you know, unhealthy thoughts. Um, And then maybe you go back to the gym and you hurt yourself more. Hopefully not. So, Keep in mind that like exercise is your friend. (laughs) It can be your friend and it should be your friend. Um, But you need to set the terms of that friendship, right? Um, You wouldn't hang out with somebody who you can't stand, right? If you could avoid it. Why? do exercise that you can't stand either, right? It's supposed to be something that does good for you. So use it to do good for you. Don't use it to punish yourself. Don't use it to try to compensate for food choices. Um, so that's the other like really big thing that I see people doing. Um, and I just want to be like, stop doing it and just like throw them off the elliptical, but I won't do that because it's violent, but that's, um, yeah, that's another thing that We're encouraged to do right, and that language that I talked about at the beginning of this episode that we get from these fitness influencers, sometimes our own personal fitness instructors in class, that kind of language fuels this kind of behavior and this kind of association of exercise with repercussions of food choices, and that's just it's just wrong. And you know, I think any any fitness instructor or nutrition professional out there who is still using that language and encourages people to use exercise in this manner, really, I mean, you should be ashamed of yourself and you really need to take a step back, re examine your values, re examine how you want to serve your clients, and then try. Try to be a little bit more mindful um, about the language that you're using and the types of relationships you're encouraging your clients to create with food and with fitness. So that does it for the Well and Simple Podcasts holiday episode. <laughs> um, Thank you for listening. I hope this was helpful to you regardless of whether you're a fitness professional a nutrition professional, whether you're just a regular person listening to this and looking to get some advice and some help. Um, I really hope that this this was useful for you. Um, I can't believe I just banged this out in like an hour while still finishing my first cup of coffee. (laughs) But yes, thank you for listening. Um, And I hope that you all have a happy, healthy holiday season. Stay safe out there. Please wear a mask, social distance, do all the things that we need to do so that next year when we come together for the holidays, everybody that's supposed to be there is there. Thanks for listening. This has been an episode of the Well and Simple podcast. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions or topics that you would like to see explored in a future episode, or if you have a listener story that you would like to see shared in a future episode, please feel free to email wellandsimplepodcast at gmail.com. And please remember to tune in every Monday for more of a no bullshit take on the fitness and wellness industry. Please note that Marissa Zavo is not a physician, registered dietitian, nutritionist, or psychiatrist specializing in disordered eating or eating disorders. As such, nothing in this episode is to be construed as professional advice on these issues. If you are concerned that you or a loved one are suffering from an eating disorder or disordered eating habits, please seek professional attention.